Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back once again with another episode of The Truth. Again, solo, um, unfortunate, but hey, you know, it is what it is. The show must go on, and I will continue to do this by myself, unless I need somebody else, which could potentially happen down the line. Anyways, guys, fantasy football is back. Here is your 2022-23, technically, fantasy football preview. I'm going to go over a quick rundown on how this show is going to work because I tried looking in the past of previous years to see if I really didn't establish fantasy football preview, and in reality, I don't really think I did. I went through previous scripts to try to base this script off of, and really nothing I could find was relevant or even prevalent in the searches that I was looking for. So I kind of created my own thing. Um, more than anything, it's kind of a rundown of the best players in the league, which kind of sounds stupid, but at the same time, each position that I've gone over or we've gone over, me and Ben have, are also in the tier show. For example, I'm only going to be doing up to top 10 for certain positions, and that includes quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. But in reality, we've gone over 50 receivers, 50 running backs, and whatnot in the tier show. So I really suggest that you go ahead and take a listen to those as well, just because um, I wanted to kind of make this a long show, but at the same time, I didn't want to be here talking about the top 40 QBs or top 40 running backs because I've already done that in the tier show. And so you're only going to get really the top 10 or at least my top 10 and get your one or two guys at certain positions that are really going to be difference makers. So we'll start off with my top 10 QBs, transition over to our top 10 running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, only going to be doing the top five kickers because kickers don't mean anything in fantasy, and then my top 10 defenses as well. I'll then move into my sleeper portion, five sleepers for quarterbacks, running backs, wideouts, two sleepers for defenses and tight ends. There's going to be no sleeper kickers because, again, kickers don't mean anything. And then I'll move into my bust. We'll go through five busts at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, three busts at tight end, and then my MVP for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And the show will be over. Like I said, it's going to be a quick but hopefully very thorough um, fantasy football preview. And like I mentioned, continue to follow the, the truth um, and this journey here that I'm going through here in August and September because the tier shows will help you out a lot as well as the divisional breakdowns for certain players. So basically be on the lookout um, for that. This is the second podcast um, in a week, I believe, or maybe it's the third one of the week. And there is six podcasts in the league, so it's going to be a very hefty day and a very hefty schedule. But I'm excited. Enough jibber-jabber. Let's go ahead and top, jump into my top 10 quarterbacks going into this year for fantasy football. The first one is going to be Josh Allen. Josh Allen ent enters the year um, this year on a very hot streak from last year. Obviously, losing to the Chiefs at the end of the playoffs was definitely not a good sign. Well, necessarily not necessarily a good sign, but... A very disappointing end, I should say. The good sign, however, is the Bills look really good this year. They continue to look good on the offensive side, and that was obvious um, from the get-go. I mean, having Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs is, alone is going to be very helpful. Uh, but on top of that, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, also some wideouts to throw to, and Dawson Knox. Remember, Dawson Knox was one of the better tight ends. I think he was ranked number one after like six weeks in the NFL and then obviously you got your running backs, uh, Devin Singletary, James Cook, and Zach Moss to throw to too, as well as Josh Allen's ability to move um, with his legs on the ground. A very versatile quarterback and a very good quarterback if you are looking to really go out and get a quarterback. 4,400 yards, 36 touchdowns, 50 interceptions. It's going to be another good year for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense. Moving into my next player, it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson entering his final year of his contract with the Baltimore Ravens, his rookie year contract. Usually when players haven't signed by this point, um, they're definitely going to be looking for a new contract. And typically when that happens, they end up playing well to prove to uh, the front office that they're worthy of it. The only downside for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens this year is the fact that they really don't have any weapons to throw to. The biggest fantasy purpose you're going to get from Lamar Jackson this year is going to be the running game. John Harbaugh has already said that they're running the ball more this uh, training camp and even preseason. 
And that's really good for fantasy owners because just having 100 rushing yards, which is way easier said than done, don't get me wrong, is 10 fantasy points. And wide receivers in the NFL, even if they're not necessarily the biggest names, are going to be getting a good amount of catches no matter what. And so the yards, as far as passing yards are concerned, is definitely going to be on the upspring for the Ravens this year, even though they don't have those big names. They do have Mark Andrews, though. I just want to point out Lamar Jackson's running ability is going to be so huge this year and one of the main reasons why he's going to be the number two quarterback in this year's fantasy football. Going to go with an interesting one here at Jalen Hurts. I think a lot of people are expecting Jalen Hurts to kind of have a good year, kind of like he was doing last year, but I'm really expecting big things from him this season. Similarly to Lamar Jackson, a very good runner, um, has definitely needs to improve his arm strength, which is still possible, and obviously he's going to struggle with that a little bit. But nonetheless, as far as fantasy is concerned, running the football is going to be very effective. The only issue is his QBR was a 48.5, which is 19th in the NFL last year. But his touchdown to interception ratio was 16 to 9, and he had 3,100 passing yards um, on the season. Overall, I'm really expecting Jalen Hurst to have another good year more than ever this season because, yeah, his running game is going to be good, but his passing game or his receiving game is also going to be good. You got A.J. Brown, who you picked up from the Titans, Devontae Smith, you can throw to Goddard, and even Jalen Rieger as well. And I'm really excited to see where Jalen Hurts is going to fall um, in this year's drafts as far as fantasy is concerned, but I definitely want to pick him up if he is available in a certain round. Herbert, Justin Herbert is my number four quarterback this year. I think most, I guess I shouldn't say most, the ones, the information, or I guess I should say the kind of information I've been given or when I was doing my research kind of has Herbert at the number two overall quarterback, which is very arguable, don't get me wrong. The biggest area of concern I have with Herbert is his running, and it's not that he's not a good runner. He obviously is a very good runner, but I feel like more than ever, the Chargers are so pass-heavy and focused on that, that they can shy away from running, and obviously, compared to Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson, with running points being added up, you're not going to see as much success running the football. As far as Lamar, Jalen, and Justin Herbert go, I really do believe it's a toss-up for the 2-3-4 spot, but Herbert definitely has way more options to throw to than um, Lamar Jackson. I would say Jalen Hurts is in a similar situation, but having Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Gerald Everett as well as your um, wide receivers and tight ends is definitely an option to throw to, as well as Eckler in the backfield. So I'm liking Herbert this year. I think the biggest reason why I haven't put him any higher is just because I'm a little hesitant about his legs. Patrick Mahomes is going to be my fifth quarterback this year. Now, this one's a little bit interesting to some on paper, and then you kind of dig deeper into it, and you realize, okay, it makes a little bit more sense. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes, but his wide receiver core this year, besides Travis Kelsey, is pretty much nothing. You have Juju Fine, Marquez, Valdez, Scanley, sure. Nicole Hardman's good for a good 60-yard touchdown pass, and that's it. Losing Tyreek Hill is definitely going to hurt the Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes as a whole. Patrick Mahomes, though, is going to be Patrick Mahomes and do Patrick Mahomes things. His production, however, is just going to be a little bit down, and it's going to be kind of interesting to see if he, which I believe he will, follow a little bit more of a human range as far as playing in the NFL. Because before, people would think of Patrick Mahomes in a way as a superhero for the fact that he really never had a bad game, and he was just doing everything possible. He was even throwing with the opposite hand. Difficult situation, though, with Patrick Mahomes and not having Tyreek Hill, so we'll see what happens down the line. I'm just not a big Patrick Mahomes fan this season compared to previous seasons as far as how high I think his ceiling can go. Dak Prescott's going to come in here at the sixth spot. Now, Dak Prescott's a guy that can, I have at the sixth spot that can easily, I mean easily, go up to top three as the year goes on. C.D. Lamb, in my opinion, is going to have one of the best wide receiver years Um that we'll see in a bit. And honestly, it might be similar to Michael Thomas's year he had um, not too long ago. But Dak Prescott and that Cowboys offense, very, very good. Um, they do have technically Ezekiel Elliott still starting and Tony Pollard on the backup side of things. But overall, that doesn't really too matter because um, both running backs are very good pass catchers. And I'm really excited to see how Dak Prescott's going to do this year. I feel like last year, because he had his um, injury, um, that we all know where he pretty badly hurt his ankle. He kind of was hesitant from running the football, and I think you're going to see a little bit more of that this year. But I think it's going to be a little bit better compared to previous years, and those extra running stats are going to end up putting him as the sixth-best quarterback in this year's draft, or not this year's draft, in this year's fantasy football. 
Kyler Murray, number seven. Now, this one's a really big surprise. And I really just erred on the side of Kyler Murray is going to suck this year. It's not the fact that I don't think Kyler Murray is good. Obviously, running the football, it's going to be huge for him. And that's probably where he's going to get the bulk of his points. We got to take into consideration that Deshaun Watt, or DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. Um, and he's going to miss the first six games, which leaves the wide receiver court on Hollywood Brown, A.J. Green, and Rondell Moore which isn't bad, but compared to some of the defenses they're going to be facing in the NFC West, it's a little bit concerning. As well as Kyler Murray apparently doesn't pay any attention to film, that could also be a little bit concerning. I just had to throw that in there as a funny note. But I'd be very curious to see where Kyler Murray ends up this year. Um, again, he's one of those players that can really go from 7-2 to two in a blink of an eye. I just think this year it's going to be a little bit of a difficult situation. In all honesty, with the team that he had last year, he really should have made the playoffs, and even the year before. Um, and they haven't been able to do so, and it's very frustrating to see. And it all kind of boils down to the quarterback play and how the quarterback's been playing. And since he's been struggling, uh, the team's been struggling as a result. If you're really looking for a good mobile quarterback that you're literally hesitant about on the passing side, just hesitant in general, I think Kyler Murray's your guy. But other than that, I maybe would try to avoid him. Joe Burrow. I'm liking Joe Burrow here at the eighth spot this year. Again, a little bit lower than some. Um, Joe Burrow, again, Super Bowl runner-up last season, had a really good year for the Bengals. And similarly to the Chargers offense, the Bengals are very pass-heavy. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins to round out uh, that wide receiver court is definitely lethal. And give Joe Burrow tons of options to throw to. Joe Burrow can move it on his legs a little bit too. Um, had 4,600 total passing yards, 34 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. I do kind of hope his interception total does go down because those are some points that gets taken away as the year goes on. Nothing too major. But overall, I do like Joe Burrow mainly because of the weapons he has and just how good of a quarterback he's proven to be um, as he's entered the league here in the NFL. And I'm very curious to see down the line how good Joe Burrow is going to be. I really think this year is going to be a decent year for him. Got to put the goat Tom Brady at the ninth spot. Tom Brady just returned to practice as the time I'm recording this podcast. Um, also, you know, Tom Brady's just, you know, Tom Brady. He's 45 years young. He's currently sitting in a very good position, a part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'd be very curious to see what happens down the line. He's got his two big ba- uh, two guys, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, coming back. He also picked up Julio Jones, and he's got Scotty Miller as well um, to throw the ball to. He's got tons of options, and that's kind of what makes the Buccaneers great and Tom Brady great is his ability to throw the ball. He's not going to be the Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. We all know that. And so that's the only fantasy concern. But throwing the ball efficiently is going to be huge. Um, had 5,300 yards last year, 43 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Finished with a 68.1 QBR at age 44, which was second in the league. I really like Tom Brady here at the ninth spot. I would definitely put him higher if he would get a little more rushing stats. But we all know that is more likely not going to happen. Finally, I'm going to go with Matt Stafford rounding out my 10th quarterback here. Matt Stafford, a part of the Super Bowl winning Los Angeles Rams. Put him at the 10th spot here. This is going to be a very good budget quarterback if you're not trying to go out and get one of those Josh Allens or Lamar Jacksons. And want a quality player here at 8, 9, 10, I really do believe you're able to get Matt Stafford. Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson are his main targets to throw to. He's also got a good selection of tight ends to throw to as well. And overall, the Rams look really good this year, and Matt Stafford, I think, is going to have an even better year. The only concern with Matt Stafford is his elbow tendonitis issue that has recently sprung up. But in all honesty, I'm not too worried about that. Yeah, that's going to happen. But over time, I think it's not going to be a big deal. And I'm really excited to see what Matt Stafford is able to do this year. A really good budget quarterback and one of my best sleepers going into the season. Moving on to my running backs, the top 10 running backs. It's a toss-up at 1-2-3, if I'm going to be honest. I am going to go with Derrick Henry at the number one running back this year. A lot of people are going with Jonathan Taylor, and that's fine because obviously Jonathan Taylor does Jonathan Taylor things, and I'll talk about that a little bit. But Derrick Henry, it's almost impossible, in my opinion, not to draft him if you have the number one selection in this year's draft class. Honestly, you can't go wrong with Henry or Taylor. Um, you know, if an injury were to happen, then obviously you would go wrong. But either or is going to be great. Injury concern, I do play it more to Taylor than I do Henry. Yeah, Henry missed like all of last year with a foot issue. But relatively, other than that, he's really not dealt with anything. The way he runs a football is just tremendous. He's going to get 30 carries a game. He's going to get some pass catches as well. And overall, a very good running back. Not too much need to talk about him. 
But what makes me different than other fantasy football analysis is I am putting Derrick Henry at my one, and I'm very comfortable saying he is the best fantasy player in this year's draft class. Jonathan Taylor comes in at the number two, right behind Derrick Henry. Jonathan Taylor, tremendous year last year, really broke out into the scene. I was really hoping the Vikings would pick him up. Not that we needed another running back, but I was so high on Jonathan Taylor coming out of the draft. I had him easily as my number one player. Get this. He had 332 attempts, which was first in the league, 1,800 rushing yards, which was first in the league, and 18 touchdowns, which was first in the league. The Colts' offense is built around Jonathan Taylor and running the football, and I'm expecting this to be another situation that happens this season. I'm really excited to see what Jonathan Taylor is going to do this season. And more than anything, I'm really excited to see him stay healthy. Hopefully, I guess I'm not going to live. And seeing what his potential can be. Obviously, it's going to be hard to duplicate the thing that he did. But being the best running back in the league yes, last year, it's really a no-brainer why he was ranked the number one running back. You can't go wrong with either or. Christian McCaffrey slated at my number three. Now, if it weren't for either of those two running backs that I mentioned briefly, McCaffrey would easily be the number one. Definitely the biggest issue with McCaffrey right now is his ability to stay healthy, as well as the new quarterback. In all honesty, he had a lot of success in Carolina with Cam Newton at quarterback because Cam Newton had that safe, reliable option to throw to. It's kind of one of those Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara situations that really has kind of turned the page as far as McCaffrey's playing um, arsenal is concerned. Yeah, McCaffrey's still going to be a 1,000-yard rusher and a 1,000-yard receiver, um, more than likely, at least for sure the rushing part, is if he stays healthy. But we'll have to see with Baker Mayfield just getting announced the starting job, how good their connection is early on. PPR, it's a great choice to have McCaffrey. He's going to get in the end zone no matter what. The biggest question mark I have with him is, he is, is he going to be able to stay healthy? And more importantly, is he going to be able to stay on the field? Dalvin Cook comes in at, at number four. And honestly, there's a lot of kind of hope with Dalvin Cook this season. Thankfully, John or Dalvin Cook did stay healthy last season. He was struggling with some issues um, earlier on in his career, but stayed relatively healthy last year and had a really solid career. Similarly uh, to the other running backs in the league, he's always one of those running backs that's usually taken off the board um, almost first, if not um, you know, second, or third, or even fourth. Going into this season, I'm really excited to see what Dalvin Cook's going to be able to do, and I really think his PPR benefit's going to be huge as the Vikings kind of transition from a run-first offense to a pass-first offense, which does kind of scare some people, but they're going to run the football. Dalvin Cook will be there, as well as Dalvin Cook's also going to be a part of the passing game and get more catches every week, which adds up to more points if you're playing PPR, and down the line, he's going to be a number four running back. I'm really excited to watch Dalvin Cook play again. Hopefully, he stays healthy. Najee Harris at my number five. Najee is really the only running back at Pittsburgh, and honestly, if you were have a pick here and you're really trying to get a good running back at the four or five spot, I definitely would go up, uh, be, not be afraid to go up and get Najee. Najee again, like I said, is pretty much the only running back. Had a tremendous rookie season last year, and with a lot of uncertainty at the quarterback position, he's definitely going to get more touches. He was second in the league in carries this year at 307, and had a good um, share of receiving as well. Had 74 receptions. Total about 1,600 yards. The only area of concern um, was only 10 touchdowns, which doesn't sound horrible, but compared to Jonathan Taylor's 10 more, um, or 8 more, I should say, that's kind of the only way I guess people are a little bit concerned. But in all honesty, as the goal line situation continues to come by this year, I do expect them to run the football more compared to pass it, especially with an easy quarterback position. So we'll see what happens, but I'm loving Najee Harris this year. Definitely a guy you want to go out and get. Alvin Kamara is slated at my sixth spot here. Alvin Kamara is currently pending a case in court for beating up somebody, I think his girlfriend or whatever. But if he's able to play and no suspension is warranted, definitely buy high on Kamara this year. Kamara has been a very interesting back. Last year, I feel like his production slid down a little bit, and that was what I was expecting. I was really worried of going into last season was the Drew Brees-Alvin Kamara connection was through the roof. And when Drew Brees was gone, um, his production, as far as receptions were concerned, also went down as well. Kamara, though, is going to get receptions. Don't get me wrong. Um, he had a good solid year last year, 47 receptions, which I feel like was down a little bit. But still, um, total 1,300 yards, ran the ball 240 times, was sixth in the league. And I think a little bit more of this is going to be the same this year um, as they're trying to establish Jameis Winston at the quarterback position. And ultimately, the same success is going to come down to Kamara and how um, well he is at running the football. 
going into my number seven running back. It's Nick Chubb. I'm really excited for Nick Chubb this year. Um, obviously, with the Kareem Hunt situation, that does open the door for Nick Chubb to have a little bit more of playing time, which it's kind of hard to say because there's been kind of a split back situation, at least the first time uh, with the Browns having both running backs. But Nick Chubb is definitely the clear number one as far as running backs are concerned. He did have about 1,400 yards, which is good, and also had nine touchdowns, which is also good. I expect his numbers to go up even more. I do expect his uh, yards to go up about 300, his catches maybe about 30, and get two or three more touchdowns as well. A good fantasy running back. Excited to see what he's going to do this year. Brees Hall. This is going to be a shock to a lot of people. I'm really excited for Brees Hall this year on the New York Jets team. There is some concern that uh, Brees Hall is going to share a good amount of time with Michael Carter. Even if that happens, I'm not too concerned. Um, you know, Brees Hall was drafted for a reason. He was drafted in the second round to play right away and have success. And I'm really expecting Brees Hall to have a good year. Um, the Jets also are one of those teams that are, wants to run the football and establish, you know, Zach Wilson. Brees Hall at Iowa State was a good pass catching running back as well. And really watching him play as Iowa played Iowa State, you know, every year. It was really exciting to see how good he's been playing. And very curious to see moving forward how Brees Hall is going to address the NFL. And I think he's going to address really well. That's definitely going to be a sleeper um, in this year's draft. Moving into my next player at the number nine spot, as far as running backs are concerned, it's Austin Eckler. He dropped tremendously on my board this year. One of the biggest reasons why is the fact that Austin Eckler really just has said that he doesn't want to run the football as much. He has dealt with injuries, and I think the front office and even the coaching staff is going to realize, okay, if he does not want as much carries to A, either just doesn't want to play, or B, um, to kind of loosen his load and help maintain his ability to play the field, I think they're going to respect that. I think that's something that um, the franchise wants to do and listen to one of their best players in the NFL. But if he is in the game, he's definitely going to be a very valuable player. Herbert has established himself as a good receiver and be very curious to see um, what transpires this season. He did have 20 total touchdowns this year, um, eight of them receiving, uh, 12 of them rushing, and had 70 receptions. So that's huge. That's 70 points right there as far as PPR is concerned. A big win there if you're going to get Austin Eckler. Is the, the biggest thing that scares me is his wantingness and willingness to be on the field. And rounding things out in the top 10 list here, I'm going to go with my boy Joe Mixon finishing at the 10th spot. Joe Mixon um, had a good year last year, uh, 1,200 rushing yards, 300 receiving yards, six or sorry, 42 receptions on the previous season. I'm really excited to see what Joe the Hell Mixon uh, does this season. Obviously, Joe Burrow knows the connection that he has with him, and I'm expecting that connection to kind of start off foot right away. More than ever, I think this year, um, with Joe Mixon finishing third as far as carries are concerned, it's been an emphasis to get him going. And once he's been going, it's really hard to stop. The Bengals do need to up upgrade their offensive line a little bit. They've always seemed to do that. They need to do that, in my opinion. So that's my only area of concern. But other than that, Joe Mixon, I think, is an easy choice the running back one or even running back two uh, position this year. And we'll see what happens, but I'm really excited to see how Joe Mixon's going to do this season. Let's move on from running backs to wide receivers. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup at my number one wide receiver in this year's draft class for fantasy football. Cooper Cup, I mean, the numbers that this dude had last year were absolutely phenomenal. He had a tremendous year last year, and I'm honestly expecting the same thing to happen um, this year and even maybe possibly have a little better year than he did um, in the previous season. Cooper Cup, very excited to see what he's going to be able to do in his second, hopefully, as breakout of a year as possible. Last year, um, for the Rams, it was like jaw-dropping the amount of numbers that this dude put up for that Rams offense. Led the league in receptions at 145, led the league in reception yards at 1947, and led the league in reception touchdowns at 16. People are kind of ranking Justin Jefferson a bit higher, and although that really excites me as a Vikings fan, as far as I think how he's going to be playing this year. I just don't see that happening and seeing how high he can get from there. But nonetheless, he's still going to be a very good wide receiver option this year. Number two, Jay Jets. I'm putting, I'm sorry, Jamar Chase, actually, at my number two spot. Jay Jets also I would love to put here. But the amount of stats that uh, Jamar Chase put up last year is honestly pretty incredible, especially for how high-powered offense that offense was. 
81 receptions, which honestly tied 20th in the league, which is remarkable to say that if he gets more targets, which is probably expected this year, his numbers are going to continue to go through the roof. 1455 total yards and 13 touchdowns for Jamar Chase, and hopefully another similar season. I'm expecting Jamar Chase to hit at least 1,700 yards and 16 touchdowns. Obviously hit 100 receptions as well, and honestly have a really good year for the Mangles. He honestly would go number one as far as wide receivers are concerned, in my opinion, if it wasn't for Cooper Cup. But unfortunately, Cooper Cup is here and a part of the Bengals. I'm sorry, the Rams. Um, and that's why I have not put him at my number one wide receiver. Next, for um, wide receivers is concerned, my boy Justin Jefferson. I say right foot creep. Nah, my boy Justin Jefferson going into this year. Very excited to see what he's going to be able to do. Entering his second year in the league, he honestly had a really good year. And in all honesty as well, he also did not have an incredible, sorry, entering his third season, not his rookie year. He did not have an incredible um, total amount of receptions. He had 108, which was fourth. He was second in the league at 16-16 and had 10 touchdowns. Honestly, this year, especially if the Vikings are switching from a run-first offense to a pass-first offense, you got to go out and make sure you get a guy like Justin Jefferson. His ability at 6'1", 195 to go down the field and become a deep threat passer receiver um, at the fantasy spot is also huge as well. And overall, his threat level is just through the roof, and I'm very excited to see what he's going to do this year. And hopefully he stays healthy to have another good year. Debo Samuel um, is entering this year as an interesting flex choice at the wide receiver position. Obviously, he's texted, or, uh, slated, I should say, as a wide receiver for the 49ers. And we'll see what happens this year for the offense and how they use Debo Samuel. There was a lot of question marks if Debo Samuel was even going to be playing last year. Rushing the football, Debo Samuel had 59 rushes for 365 yards and 8 touchdowns. Actually received for less touchdowns with 6. But still had a really good year, um, and I'm expecting more of the same, especially for fantasy's concerned. It's pretty much a Cordero Patterson, just a better version. And with the 49ers not really having any options to throw to, and having Trey Lance as their rookie quarterback to start, you know, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, uh, Ray Ray McLeod third are not going to get it done. It's going to be Debo Samuel that's able to get it done and help lead the 49ers forward and contending for, I guess, a Super Bowl down the line. C.D. Lamb is at my number five, and honestly, it would not blow past me if C.D. Lamb jumps into one of the top three um, spots by the end of the year. C.D. Lamb um, comes into this year again, having a really solid year, probably was finished um, at the wide receiver one in some people's eyes, definitely in my eyes. I think C.D. Lamb um, is especially dangerous this year, kind of getting that year under his belt um, and kind of getting another year down with that Cowboy system. In the second season of the NFL, of his NFL career, really excited to see what happens, and I really think this year is going to be another solid year. 79 receptions is going to get shattered this year. I expect over 110, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. The biggest thing that I think is going to jump up in C.D. Lamb's game is his touchdown and the amount of touchdowns he gets, which is six free fantasy points. So that's going to help tremendously. I expect him to at least double that this year. And overall, I'd be very excited to see where C.D. Lamb ends up, and hopefully he's available for when I am looking at a wide receiver option. Finishing sixth in my spot is going to be Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, um, the next Viking. It would have really been nice to see the Diggs-Jefferson duo work in Minnesota, but Stephon Diggs was traded from Minnesota for the pick that ended up picking Justin Jefferson, so they've never even played a snap on the offensive side. As far as weapons that the Buffalo Bills have, it's not the typical weapons you'd expect. And that's why I do expect Stephon Diggs to kind of have a good year. He did get shut down in previously in last year. The year before, he was arguably the best wide receiver in all of football as far as fantasy points. He was finally, like I said, taken care of this year, and I'm expecting him to kind of go back on top. You see players that have really good seasons and they're not as good the next year typically go back to having a really good season as it's kind of like a tic-tac-toe pattern. And I'm really excited to see what Stephon Diggs is going to be able to bring this year. Obviously, he's going to get drift, drafted high. I just think he's going to finish as a top six receiver compared to a top three by the end of the fantasy season. Devontae Adams at my number seven spot. Um, this one is interesting. With the Packers, I see him being a top two player, and I think that's where a lot of people do end up seeing Devontae Adams being. The only concern is a new adjustment. He is um, playing with his college buddy, Derek Carr. 
And that's definitely going to raise some eyebrows as far as talent's concerned. Having that college connection is definitely going to be huge. The biggest thing is adjusting to a new uh, system and a new uh, coach. Josh McDaniels entering his first season as the Las Vegas Raiders coach, which can take some time and might be a little bit frustrating for Devonta Adams, but I do think down the line he's going to be a good player as far as the season's concerned. I'm not expecting the typical Devonta Adams numbers we do usually see from him. Scary Terry is going to be my number eight receiver. Again, the guy's volume this year is phenomenal. Um, Carson Wentz in his make-or-break year for the Washington Commanders. Very excited to see how he handles that offense and very excited to see um, how that passing game is affected. Logan Thomas was activated off the PUP list today, which means he's back and ready to go, which is great if you're a, a fan of the Commanders. Maybe a little bit disappointing if you're solely based on Scary Terry, but with him being really the only option on the wide receiver side, I'm do ex- I do expect him to have a good year and uh, continue his dominance as he's entered the league. This one's going to be a little bit of a surprise to some people. It is Corbin Sutton at my number nine spot as far as wide receiver is concerned. Missed, I think, all of last year, at least most of last year with an injury, and everyone in Broncos country knows that. But, hey, Russell Wilson and Broncos country are ready to ride to this season. Okay, I, I lied. He didn't miss all of last season, but he did spend some time with injuries. Only had 58 receptions, 776 yards, and two touchdowns. Expect those numbers to really go up, and I'm really thinking that Russell Wilson's main man is going to be Cortland Sutton. He is the number one receiver in the depth chart. And I'm really expecting this guy to have a very good year, so we'll see what happens down the line, but this is another sleeper that I do have. And finally, at the number 10 spot is Deontay Johnson. Losing Juju um, from the Steelers to the Chiefs this year was a good win for the Steelers and Deontay Johnson as a whole. It is a little concerning, though, because Deontay Johnson, um, obviously having Juju helps kind of take some of the load off him and and have some of the defenses, I guess, sit back in coverage against uh, other players and not necessarily double-team or help. But overall, um, Deontay Johnson, the way he's built, um, very good NFL wide receiver as far as as prototypes, prototypes are concerned. And I'm expecting him to have another good year, even better year than last year, and be the number one receiver on that team. Honestly, um, George Pickens is the only other guy, in my opinion, that you're going to see some competition with. Um, like I said, Chase Claypool, not very high on this year, but we'll see uh, down the line. I do like Deontay Johnson, though, as he rounds out my top ten wide receivers. Moving into tight ends, and no, not my tight end, we are going to look at the number one spot, which is obvious and has been like this for the past couple of years. Travis freaking Kelsey. Travis Kelsey by far is going to be the best tight end in this year's fantasy football league. He obviously was the last four or five seasons, but this year, especially without Tyreek Hill, uh, Patrick Mahomes has got to go back to his day one, got to go back to most reliable uh, in the red zone and in the passing game And Travis Kelsey. A tremendous year for the Chiefs, I'm sorry, tremendous career Travis Kelsey has had with the Chiefs thus far, and I expect similar things to happen this year, especially even more um, with the fact that Kelsey uh, is going to be taking over that role as number one receiver if he hasn't already. Also, um, I want to point out, I do think that, yeah, defenses are going to try to man Kelsey or even uh, drop some more cover back or cornerbacks in zone coverage. It shouldn't really be a big issue, though, for Kelsey. He's a big enough dude at 6'5", 250 pounds to kind of make his way through and being a veteran tight end. Um, I'm very excited to see uh, what he ends up doing for the Chiefs. Number two. Mark Andrews, very high on Mark Andrews this year. Um, honestly, I think as tight ends are concerned, he's always up there as far as best tight ends going into the season. It probably is ranked number two among most boards, um, and respectively so. I mentioned this a lot. The Ravens don't have any weapons to throw to besides Mark Andrews. So with the way the Ravens play their offensive you know, football, Mark Andrews, I'm expecting to get at least eight catches a game and maybe a touchdown or two, which is going to tremendously help his fantasy value. The only downside for me is Mark Andrews is the guy that easily will be taken off the board pretty fast. And typically, I wait for tight ends, and I'll have to look for a more budget back tight end. But nonetheless, Mark Andrews, I'm really excited to see how good of a year he's going to have this year. TJ Hawkinson is my number three tight end. A disappointing year, to say the least, for TJ Hawkinson after his really good rookie season. But still, that doesn't mean that he's going to be completely away from that and completely thrown off the face of the earth. He's still a really good tight end in this league. Moving into this season, you know, 61 receptions, a little less than 600 yards and four touchdowns isn't going to cut it. 
you probably are asking me rather why you're going to go ahead with TJ Hawkinson when there are better receivers now on the Detroit Lions as a whole. I think the connection between Goff and Hawkinson showed up towards the end of the year and really as a building block moving forward, just shy of 100 yards in his rookie season, he's definitely going to get the targets. And I'm really expecting to see him uh, play well this season and rack up maybe at least 100 receptions again and go back uh, with eight or even nine touchdowns this season at the tight end spot. George Kittle sticking with Iowa tight ends. He's going to be my number four. Um, George Kittle has had a good year in the NFL, especially for the 49ers. Really a top two uh, tight end, I'd say, the past couple of years. Last year, piggyback off some injuries um, and really had success down the line. I'm really excited to see how George Kittle does this year overall. I think most people are putting George Kittle at the number four spot, kind of like myself. Um, so a lot of people are expecting him to be a tight end taken off the board very early. Very fast for the tight end position. Very good catcher. And although run blocking doesn't mean anything, it means a lot for a head coach. He has a whole package, and honestly, he's going to have a tremendous year this year. Uh, Trey Lance is going to look to George – I'm sorry, not George Kittle. Oh, yeah, George Kittle uh, more this season just because of the way their offense is looking to shape in, uh, or offensive style is shaping to be. I'm really excited, though. I, I think, uh, you know, he's going to have a good year. And, again, one of those guys that may fall to you, and if he does, um, it might be about time that you break away from my strategy and end up picking him up. Dalton Schultz um, at the number five spot. Uh, for me, at least in my opinion, Dalton Schultz going into this season, looking like he's going to have another good year. I'm really expecting high things from Dalton Schultz. Really was a big fan of him last year, um, and I'm really going to be a big fan of him this year. Prescott has shown previously loves to throw to his tight ends, and honestly, there's always been a focus on throwing the football to tight ends. At 78 receptions last year, 808 yards and 8 touchdowns. Yeah, I'm really liking Dalton Schultz this year. I think that can easily kind of be a TJ Hawkinson rookie year type deal with 100 receptions. And overall, just a very good season uh, for Dalton Schultz. So we'll see what happens down the line, but still very high on him. And I think overall, this is going to be a very good budget tight end as a lot of people might pass on him or not draft him as high. So I might be picking up Dalton Schultz in a couple of my leagues at least. And I'll be very happy with that. Kyle Pitts um, at the number six. Honestly, a little disappointed, if I'm going to say the least, um, with Kyle Pitts last season. It wasn't that it wasn't his ability to play football. Obviously, a very good uh, football player for the Atlanta Falcons. More than anything, it was just a little bit of a letdown. Um, Kyle Pitts was you know, expected to be the man, whatever. Only had one touchdown last season. He did have uh, 50 or 68 uh, receptions. And currently in his preseason game, he's one reception for 52 yards. The one touchdown was definitely a big turnoff um, as far as, uh, you know, fantasy is concerned. Obviously, tight ends aren't expected to get a lot of touchdowns, but you'd like to see a guy that was ranked so highly get at least a couple more because they are worth six points. I do think uh, he will get a couple more. I just don't think it will be through the roof that a lot of people were expecting going into last year. Darren Waller has dropped to my never seven spot on my list, and I'm really a big Darren Waller fan, and I hate to do this. Obviously, the biggest reason why is the addition of Devontae Adams onto that roster. Hunter Renfro as well, a very good receiver um, that they can throw to. And so we'll see what happens moving forward. But Darren Waller still got tremendous numbers, one of the fastest tight ends in the league. Honestly, he probably is the fastest tight end. He should honestly be a receiver for the way he's built, 6'6", 255 pounds. Overall, I'll be very curious to see what happens with Darren Waller. But again, I'm expecting a little bit more of a letdown compared to a surprise or honestly a good uh, start to the year just from experience as far as um, where his, his play is concerned as well as his you know ability to play football. The only thing, like I said, that concerns me is Devontae Adams' addition. I don't think a lot of people are going to see that right away, um, and that's going to be one of the biggest flaws that uh, he has this year. Looking at my number eight, this is an interesting one, Cole Komet. Really high on Cole Komet this year. Um, terrible year, I guess to say the least, last year. As far as Barry fans were concerned, um, zero touchdowns, which is never good. 60 receptions, 612 yards. I think, again, this year the Bears um, are going to run the football, and we know that, which obviously opens the tight end game and the tight end receiving game. Be very curious to see um, how Cole Komet is used in the offense. He was used uh, with 60 receptions, so he is going to get the ball. I don't expect him to go down um, with receptions, but I do expect him to maybe even snag. A touchdown or two as Justin Fields um, becomes a more, 
uh, experienced quarterback in the league and definitely is going to be a sleeper that a lot of people probably don't have their eye on and still don't have their eye on after I talk about this. Dawson Knox goes to my number nine, and it really hurts me to have him put there. The main reason why I put Dawson Knox there was the fact that he was really a letdown ever since he got injured. Was the number one tight end, got injured, and then was complete dog shit the rest of the year. And that's kind of the biggest concern with Dawson Knox is he's either going to be really good or really bad, in my opinion. If you're playing Russian roulette and end up picking the weeks that he's going to be really good, you're really in a good position. The only thing is there isn't really an area where I feel like he's going to be insane this year and definitely is going to be a question mark moving forward. And finally, to round out my list is Hunter Henry from the Patriots. Um, Hunter Henry, if you're in a 12-man league, would be a solid tight end, but obviously he's not going to be as good as the other tight ends I mentioned. He's still got that veteran experience, and you know how New England is with tight ends, um, especially Rob Gronkowski and the way or the career he's had. Um, So we'll see how he's utilized in that Patriots offense, but I definitely think as time goes on, Hunter Henry is going to be a guy that will emerge as a tight end one in fantasy, and that is going to round out the tight end. Kickers are going to be really stupid, so I'm going to quickly run through them. Justin Tucker, McPherson, Tyler Bass, Carlson, and Harrison Butker. Top 10 defenses, number one, Bills. I'm really liking the Bills defense this year, and part of the reason why I think Josh Allen's going to have success is the Bills defensibility. They keep the offense off field and help limit turnovers that Josh Allen may create. Defensive side, you got Ed Oliver running the front, Vaughn Miller, Tremaine Edmonds at the linebacker position, and then the secondary, Stavius White, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde. This team's going to get a lot of takeaways, and as far as fantasy points are concerned, going to give you tremendous outlet. Um, unless you're really trying to pick a tight end, there really isn't no, and there really isn't any reason to be so high on him. And so we'll see what happens down the line. Um, but I really like the Bills' defense as the number one. Number two, the 49ers. This is a little bit of a surprise, I guess, to some. I'm a really big 49ers defense fan this year. Um, I feel like I've always been a 49ers defense fan. Whatever they do in, uh, in San Francisco has always turned out to be really good. Biggest reason why is Nick Bosa. I think that's obvious. But don't forget players like Fred Warner um, at the linebacker position and then Jimmy Ward at the safety position. Obviously, Nick Bosa um, has got the family name, so a very um, you know player that everyone's talking about. But also Fred Warner's ability to uh, tackle at the linebacker position is going to be huge for them. One of the better linebackers in the league. Pretty fast, pretty shifty. Uh, 79 tackles last year. And yeah, really excited to see that 49ers defense come into play. Especially with Trey Lance, I think a lot of the reason why they have success if they do is because their defense. The Colts always seem to have a good defense. The Colts pride themselves on running the football and playing defense. With Matty Ice at the quarterback position, it'll be interesting to see how the offense works this year. But you do expect the defense to have another solid year. Um, not really too many guys that jump off the page as far as you know, defensive liability is concerned. But overall, with the Colts running the football and taking a lot of time off um, on the clock, it's really going to open the door for less defensive um, points given up and less possessions, which ultimately can help you kind of maintain a five or six point defense um, instead of a typical uh, maybe one or two or even negative points. But yeah, unique with Gakwe and DeForest Buckner on the line is going to be huge. Kenny Moore in the secondary, a good overall team. The one area I do feel like the Colts lack is definitely linebacker. We'll see if some of these younger guys can step up and make a difference from week one. The Rams at number four. This is a little bit disappointing. I probably should have put them a little bit higher. Very good defense. Everybody knows that. Um, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, uh, it's pretty obvious. I'm expecting the Rams defense to be as good this year. Um, the only reason why I put them at four is our offense is so good that the defense is, has a lot of opportunities to give up points. And you can only be so good on the defensive side for so long. And I really think that this year – uh, the Rams defense is going to be good, but they're also going to be on the field a lot, which is going to make them struggle um, a little bit as far as point totals are concerned. The Buccaneers always seem to have a good defense wherever Tom Brady is. Um, he always always has a good defense. But I like the Buccaneers this year as far as defense is concerned. Um, overall, Devin White, Lamonte David at the linebacker position. Winfield Edwards, safeties, Vita Vea, and Akeem Hicks running the line. A good defense that's going to get you a lot of takeaways and it's going to make your fantasy owning um, very happy. And, yeah, it's pretty obvious, but the defense does typically play well uh, with Tom Brady at quarterback or vice versa, and I'm expecting the same this year. The Saints defense as well is right behind them. A good defensive battle, I guess you could say, in the NFC South. Cam Jordan on the line. He feels like he's been in the league forever. 
Pete Warner, a very fast linebacker to Mario Davis, and Tyron Matthew, Marshawn Lattimore rounding out the secondary. Really excited to see this defense work. Um, with new head coach, uh, I can't think of his name, but he was a defensive coordinator. So obviously an emphasis in New Orleans on defense and really excited to see how that gets uh, translated down the line. But very high in this defense and very high in general right now to, uh, to I'm just kidding, uh, to say the least. But still, really big fan of the Saints defense. Uh, Patriots. Patriots always have a good defense. They don't have those guys that are going to jump off the page, um, which is why I'm trying to kind of go through these defenses fast. Defenses really don't mean anything. The biggest thing about a defense is trying to get as much positive points as possible. Obviously, it'd be great if you get a you know twenty point game from your defense, but if you're able to just get four or five and not even get into the negatives, you're going to be just fine. I think the Patriots' defense is going to be a good budget defense. Obviously, Bill Belichick, one of the best defensive minds in the history of the NFL. The safety and kind of cornerback positions definitely where their strength is. The defense and interior is a little bit um, sorrisome, which is concerning if you're playing some uh, running-focused teams, which in the NFC East, I think the only team you have to be concerned about of that is the Jets, which isn't really too big of a concern. So in all honesty, the Patriots defense, I think, is going to give you at least a takeaway game to make sure that um, you are continuing moving forward. The Chargers. I had to put the Chargers here, even though I did not want to because the Chargers defense reminds me a lot of the Cowboys in terms of just big plays um, and big point totals added up over a period of time. But still, Joey, Bro- Joey Bosa, Kenneth Murray, um, Austin Johnson, Derwin James, Khalil Mack in new addition, and Nasser Adderley, um in the uh, free safety position. Overall, on paper, the defense looks great. The biggest issue is, are the Chargers' offense going to be so good that the defense eventually gives up a lot of points and some more possessions come about? I do unfortunately believe that's the case, but if the defense is able to stay strong, this is a defense that can give you 18 to 20 points a week and also can give you zero the next week if they end up playing in a shootout. Nine is going to be the Cowboys. Cowboys always have a decent defense, not one that's going to jump out on the page. Similarly to the Chargers, they really... Um, kind of play the long ball as far as, um, you know, game is concerned on the defensive side. I'd like to see the Cowboys kind of strengthen out a little bit more on the defensive side of things. Get the big players. The linebacker core is probably the best in football. The veteran Anthony Barr and then Leighton Vander Ash, Michael Parsons, Trevon Diggs, who had a tremendous year last year, and really have a good defensive line. The issue is I think the Cowboys defense is going to be on the field a lot because their offense is so good. And so for fantasy purposes, it's just not a good sign to pick the Cowboys um, if you're really looking for a defense to give you consistency. And then finally, I threw in the Chiefs defense. Um, not really sure why. Maybe this is like a defense that I can talk a little bit more about because the other ones are kind of hard to. Chiefs defense, secondary is really good. Um, linebacker core is pretty good. I think their strength is probably their defensive line. Chris Jones, uh, Frank Clark, Willie Gay, Manning the linebacker, and then Justin Reed and Legereus Snead, a very fast cornerback. Be very curious to see how the Chiefs' defense plays as a whole this year, uh, mainly because their defense is, or I'm sorry, their offense is without Tyreek Hill, and that might be kind of detrimental to their offense, which maybe their defense is able to take a couple more takeaways and provide them with some more points and fantasy points for you as well. That's going to round out my uh, defense list here for the uh, fantasy purposes. Moving into the next portion of the podcast, I'm going to go over my sleepers, and instead of doing five, I decided to do three because the show itself is already kind of dragging on, and I don't feel like dragging it on any farther. First quarterback as my sleeper is going to be Tua Tagovailoa. Now, Tua was my guy. I really was high on Tua, Tua just for, I guess, multiple reasons. One, his arm talent um, as himself you know, is honestly pretty good. His leg legs are actually pretty good as well, and so there was just a lot moving in his direction. Unfortunately, he hasn't really had the NFL career, at least the start of it, Um, that him and the Dolphins were expecting. But this year I'm expecting a little bit of a different story, mainly in part due to Tyreek Hill um, and Jalen Waddell being his two main wide receivers. He also has a good backup, or I guess I should say a wide receiver three in Cedric Wilson, and then Mike Gusecki as well um, to help lead the way at the tight end position. Giving two more options really is a good thing for him, but can also be a little bit of a curse because this pretty much means that it's make or break for Tua as far as a starting quarterback is concerned in the NFL. Tua needs to prove himself and kind of show his ability to be a quarterback in the NFL, and if he's unable to do so, it might be time that Tua is officially done in the NFL, at least as a starting quarterback. 
But we'll see what happens down the line. I'm expecting him to have a good bounce back year, and I think the biggest thing that's going to be improved for him is his arm accuracy, which is the one thing that was lacking. Derek Carr is going to be my second kind of sleeper pick. Um, it would be a good starting quarterback if he falls to you guys um, in the draft um, for fantasy's concern. Honestly, the biggest reason why is the addition of Devontae Adams and having that connection with Derek Carr. But don't forget as well that Hunter Renfro is still in the mix for the Las Vegas Raiders. And then you have Darren Waller at the tight end position. Um, Derek Carr can move a little bit with his legs, not too much, um, but kind of can do enough to get you some more points or get across the goal line for you know a touchdown. His touchdowns were down this year. His yards were up. He had the fifth um, highest yard total, which is actually kind of insane to think about. Um, with 4,800 yards and only had 23 passing touchdowns. Very curious to see as well um, how he kind of bounces back this year from the touchdown-to-interception ratio. I think more than anything, it's going to be um, upgraded just because of his weapons and arsenal that he has this year. Devontae Adams really is going to be a very good player for him, and I'm excited to see those two kind of work off after playing collegiately together um, for a year at Fresno State. And then finally at the quarterbacks, it's going to be Jameis Winston for me. I'm really high on Jameis Winston this year. Um, you know, this is kind of a make or break again for him. Jameis Winston, um, going to be the starting quarterback, missed a lot of last year. And the year before was 30 for 30, but this year I'm expecting a lot better outcome. Right now, you do have Michael Thomas back, which is going to be huge. You also have Jarvis Landry and then Chris Olave, the rookie out of Ohio State. And then don't forget Alvin Kamara in the backfield. Overall, a very good team, and I should actually mention, too, Taysom Hill is going to be thrown into the mix at some point, too. So a lot of options for Jameis to be successful. Obviously, the biggest thing that Jameis needs to work on is his pass accuracy, and I think he's going to do that. I really see Jameis Winston being a very good pocket passer this year, having the options and weapons to throw to, and kind of learning from the 30-for-30 year. Um, as far as decision making is concerned, I'm really expecting that to be boosted as well. Overall, expect a good year from Jameis Winston, and I think a lot of people are undercrediting his ability to play this season. Running backs, I'm going to start off with Cam Akers. Cam Akers was my guy. Everybody knows that. I'm a big Cam Akers fan. Um, I've been really since his entire career began um, with the Los Angeles Rams. Really excited to see what he's going to do this year um, at the running back position. Obviously missed pretty much the entire season um, in the regular season last year. Only had five carries for three yards. This year, I'm expecting him to be a little bit of a bounce back. Um, he is the starting running back for the uh, the Rams so far to start. And PPR points is concerned. I think a lot of people are scared um, with Cam Akers just because of his, um, I guess you should say, injury concern, which is a factor, don't get me wrong. But typically you don't see players uh, struggle with injuries back-to-back -back seasons. And maybe down the line we'll see something happen with Cam Akers where unfortunately it goes south. But I don't see that happening in the future. I think he's going to be a very good PPR back, and I'm excited to see what he does this year. Next is going to be Travis Etienne Jr. I really like Etienne Jr. if he's going to get the bulk of the carries. Right now, I'm not too sure. He is currently listed as the number one running back, but that could still mean that he splits time with James Robinson, a little more veteran leadership. Overall, though, Etienne is definitely a better player, both in the running game as well as the pass catching game, too. PPR is concerned. I really like Etienne. I think if they're going to run the football more, they'll tend to be a James Robinson situation. Um, and then passing the ball more being Etienne yet. A perfect situation or comparison I see between these two is Etienne yet being, this is a, a Jags Commanders, uh, whatever, Etienne yet being J.D. McKissick and then James Robinson being Antonio Gibson. Nonetheless, expect a good year from Etienne yet. Definitely draft him over James Robinson if you have the opportunity. And finally, Miles Sanders at the running back position. I'm a big Miles Sanders guy this year. He's let me down the last like two, three years. And I say this every year with Miles Sanders. Really high on him, and then he ends up being a disaster. But this year, I really expect him to be better being the starting running back this year. The Eagles really shied away from running the football the last couple of years. And honestly, when they started doing it last year, they had tons more success, and I think they realized that. So they're going to go back to running the football, and Miles Sanders will be valuable in the passing game. But just because of the bad rep that Miles Sanders has given fantasy owners the last couple of years, I think Miles Sanders is going to drop tremendously. And so if you're looking for a good budget back who's going to give you um, good PPR bonus as well, I definitely like Miles Sanders. Wide receivers, DK Metcalf leading the way. Um, one of the reasons why DK Metcalf is not projected higher on this year's board is really because of the quarterback situation. Geno Smith, I believe, is expected to start for the Seahawks. Even if it's Drew Locke, I don't like either quarterback. 
But eventually, at some point, a quarterback's going to be able to throw to a wide receiver. I mean, like, in all honesty, you're not going to have 50 passing yards um, every single game. And DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are really the two only options for that team. Although it might be a really crappy year for the Seahawks, I expect it to be a good year for DK Metcalf. And definitely somebody to keep your eye on um, as far as fantasy is concerned. Adam Thielen is my second guy, one of the biggest sleepers entering this year. Sure, Adam Thielen um, bounced back from injury and did relatively fine. Has always been a good pass-catching wide receiver, especially when you're talking about touchdowns. Okay, that's all true. But at the same time, if the Vikings are true to their word, like I mentioned as I stub my toe on uh, my desk, they're going to throw the football more. And you can't just throw the football to Justin Jefferson, especially with defenses starting to pick him up and how he um, plays. Adam Thielen opens up across the seam and gets you those extra yards and receptions this year. Definitely keep an eye on him. He had 10 touchdowns, which was actually tied for six. And Adam Thielen consistently has thrown the ball in the red zone. Big Adam Thielen guy this year, especially because I'm a Vikings fan. But more than anything, fantasy purposes are concerned. I'm really liking him. And finally, Drake London, another guy that I think a lot of people have got their eyes on but haven't heard too much about. And that's mainly because he's new to the league. And there's going to take an adjustment uh, with that. But with uh, Calvin Ridley gone, Drake London getting drafted all of a sudden has became the number one um, option in Atlanta, and respectively so. Honestly, he's really the only good player, in my opinion, just because – I'm sorry, on the uh, wide receiver class – just because even though a lot of them do have some experience in the NFL, none of them are typical names. Brian Edwards, Alame Zacchaeus, uh, and Cardero Hodge. So Marcus Mariota, yeah, is going to try to run the football first and foremost. That's obvious. But at the same time, you need to throw the football. And Drake London, being the receiver that he is and kind of, um, I guess you could say, the experience that he has playing at USC has really kind of prepared him for the NFL and to step into an everyday role right away. Looking at the options for the Falcons, Drake London and Kyle Pitts, they're really starting to build something right here. And honestly, player comparison-wise, Drake London, would not surprise me if he turns into be uh, the next Julio Jones in Atlanta. Tight ends concerned, my first sleeper is going to be Logan Thomas. Activated off the pup list today. Really excited about Logan Thomas. One thing that really jumps off of the page is the amount of targets and receptions he gets. Last year missed, I think, almost the entire year, at least a lot of the year, a good amount of the year, I should say, um, with that ACL injury. But the year before, especially towards the end, like week 13 through 16, Mans was getting like 8, 9, 10 receptions a game, but he was only getting like 40 yards. Okay, fine, you can bypass the 40 yards, but 10 receptions, that's 10 fantasy points if you're playing a full PPR league. This year, the commanders need more options to throw to besides Gary Terry, and Logan Thomas fits that bill right away as an everyday player. I'm expecting him to have success right away, and I really do believe that Logan Thomas can easily become a top 5 tight end as far as fantasy is concerned. Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon for the Green Bay Packers this year is going to have a tremendous role this year, mainly in part, again, to not having many options for the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers and Tunyon have kind of had a connection ever since um, they broke out into the, into the same uh, team. Uh, Tunyon has 18 receptions, 208, and two touchdowns last year. Did um, have some injury concerns. That's fine. But this year looks like he's going to have a good start to the year. Um, he hasn't been cleared for team drills yet, so... One of the reasons why people are probably hesitant on Tunyon is just because he might take a little bit to start playing again. But honestly, I really do believe if you want to get him as a backup tight end until he's healthy, really is not a bad choice. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do. I think with the loss of Devonta Adams, it definitely helps Tunyon succeed and kind of bolster into the next role that he's been providing. And finally, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is another interesting guy. He's playing for the Cincinnati Bengals this year going to be the main tight end. The Bengals were really lacking the tight end, and everybody, I think, realized that. Um, and so they kind of went out and got a good veteran tight end. Not even veteran. He's entered his fifth season in the league. Last year, again, dealt with injuries, um, kind of a reoccurring thing, especially with tight ends. The tight ends are positions really hard to um, play effectively just because, you know, it's so wear and tear on your body. But honestly, I'm expecting big things from Hayden Hurst. I think he's easily a tight end one. A lot of our, a lot of people will argue that he's a tight end two. I really do believe he's a tight end one. Had a really good time in Atlanta and honestly also with Baltimore. But now with the Bengals, he joins a high-powered offense that Joe Burrow um, is going to throw to more and more frequently. Had three touchdowns last year and 26 receptions. If he can bolster the receptions a little bit, I do expect um, his uh, his touchdowns to go up as well. And moving into 
defenses very quickly. Eagles, Vikings, Commanders. For the Eagles on the defensive side, always been a big Eagles defender. Really any team in the NFC West, sorry, East, uh, is pretty good defensively. The Eagles, however, pride themselves on their defense. Some main players you want to keep an eye on for there. Darius Slay, Anthony Harris, um, Fletcher Cox, and Josh Flett. Moving into the Vikings. The Vikings are uh, going to be an interesting year. They have Ed Donatel as their defensive coordinator this year. Honestly, though, a pretty good defense. Kendricks, Hunter, Dalvin Tomlinson, and then safeties, uh, Smith and Bynum. Really be curious to see how the Vikings defense does. I think it'll do pretty well. I think Zimmer's schemes were kind of outdated, which is why they had a little bit of unsuccess. And then uh, we'll see how that transpires. And then the commander's defense, always going to have a good defense, especially when it's outlined by Chase Young. Montez Sweat, David Mayo, Cole Holcomb, Kendall Fuller, and William Jackson III. Really good speed defense. Again, NFC East division, very good at defense. Defense. Even the Giants have a good defense, too. So we'll see what happens there, but those are going to be my sleepers this year. Moving into the final portion of the podcast, we have our bus and MVP. If you guys have made it so far, um, comment a your favorite ice cream player and say hashtag the truth, and I'll give you a 20-buck Amazon gift card. <laughs> Um, moving into the bus, uh, three bus QBs. First one, Trey Lance. I don't like Trey Lance. I've never liked Trey Lance. I feel like he was kind of just thrown into the role. He didn't really earn it. They kind of want to rush their franchise quarterback, and I don't think he's NFL ready. With that being said, he can honestly flip on a dime and become the next best quarterback in the NFL. Obviously, teams are transitioning over to a run-heavy uh, quarterback compared to a mobile passing quarterback like Jimmy G. And with Kyle Shanahan um, at the helm, overall, it probably makes more sense to have Trey Lance be the quarterback. I just don't see really him having too much success, at least this season. And I think a little people, or I think people are buying the hype a little bit too much. Aaron Rodgers, I hate to do this, but unfortunately, this might be the year um, Aaron Rodgers really suffers. And that's just because he lost his best buddy. And in all honesty, he is getting older. He was back-to-back MVP the last two seasons. I really think as far as fantasy purposes is concerned, he'll do enough for the Packers in the NFL. But fantasy-wise, I'm not a big believer in him having success. And honestly, since we're doing the fantasy football preview, I had to put him here at the bus. Justin Fields, he's not ready to be a QB1, in my opinion, as far as fantasy is concerned. Sure, you could ride him on the back of a um, QB2 or backup quarterback. I just don't see him having any success this year. And I'm, it's unfortunate to say um, because I really do like Justin Fields and his play talent. The one thing that will give him props this year is his legs. He doesn't really have anybody to throw to, and that's probably my biggest concern with Fields. Fournette leading the way for running backs. Again, I hate doing this about Fournette. Never been a big um, Bucks running back fan. I was an okay fan with uh, Ronald Jones. But ever since Ronald Jones, um, especially with Leonard Fournette leading the way, not a big fan. Um, I think the, obviously the Bucks are going to be a pass-first team. Fournette's main, uh, I guess, objective would be to be a pass catcher. And that can be a plus, but at the same time, is he going to be able to stay healthy? And where he's at in his career, is he going to be fast enough to uh, get past the defenders? I'm not too sure. Montgomery, um, I'll continue to put Bears running backs at the uh, bus section until they prove me otherwise. It's kind of sad for Chicago, too, because they really focus on running the football on defense, and they don't even have a good running back or running game to show for it. And that's mainly the reason why, if you guys saw my NFC North show, I put them finishing last in the division. This year, um, I just don't buy the David Montgomery train or even any Bears running back, Khalil Herbert, if he gets thrown in the mix. It's probably hard to be a Bears fan right now. Um, it's probably really boring, too. And this year, I'm not a big Montgomery fan, unfortunately. I do like him in other years, but not this year. And then Elijah Mitchell, kind of a similar boat with the Bears. Uh, I feel like the 49ers want to run the football too, but really don't have anybody good to do it. And that's kind of the reason why I put Elijah Mitchell here. Now, he's definitely a guy that can change on the flip of a dime and actually be a really good player in the NFL. In all honesty, I just don't see that happening this season, and it's unfortunate to say, but truth hurts, um, Lizzo. Wide receivers, Brandon Cooks. Um, not a big Brandon Cooks fan. Doesn't really mean he's not a good player. His quarterback is only the tricky part. And I love Davis Mills, but the way that offense rolls in Texas, it's really scary to see. The only flip side is he's like the only option. So he would get the bulk of the receptions. The issue is we have a good quarterback to throw him into. Not too sure. Rashad Bateman, similar situation. Good quarterback, but really crappy 
um, wide receiver core, which again could mean down the line that he gets the, the receptions and even rushing. I just don't see it happening. And finally, Chase Claypool. I don't know why I'm like a big anti-Chase Claypool guy this season. Um, it's really hard to explain why I'm feeling this way. But Chase Claypool has always scared me. And maybe a big reason why is the way he played last year. I think the year before was honestly his best season. And last year was just a little bit of a struggle. I really just see a downward trend going. Trubisky, I feel like, has a better connection with Pickens as well as Deontay Johnson. And Chase Claypool, unfortunately, could be thrown down the mix. Gasecki at the tight end is going to be a bust. Just because uh, Gasecki has kind of struggled in Miami as far as tight ends are concerned. I ran the Gasecki trade at the tight end one position. And I think he's really a borderline tight end one back of tight end. I'm going to err on the side of caution on this one and just say Gasecki is not going to be it. Noah Fant, I hate doing this. He is in Seattle now. Again, Seattle is just a really tough situation to play right now if you're a tight end and Noah Fant um, just doesn't have anybody to throw to. And then Evan Ingram, who makes his return to the Jacksonville Jaguars, really was a big Evan Ingram fan early on in his career. And as of late, he's really just fallen off the mat. Really fast guy, um, but in reality, it's just one of those tough situations that you don't want to be in. And I think with Evan Ingram, he is still young and has room for talent to grow. I just find it difficult to have any types of success, success this season. MVPs, quarterback Josh Allen, Derrick Henry running back, Cooper Cup wide receiver, and Travis Kelsey at the tight end position. I hope you guys did enjoy this video. If you guys did, make sure you let me know down below. It was a long show. It's really hard to do these shows by myself, so I appreciate you guys sticking in with me. Make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as One to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. I know you for sure do not want to miss. Until next time, it is your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, signing out. Take care and good night. Peace. Mm-hmm.